0: You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 404 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined this week by Seth Miller and possibly Fosma Moon in a little bit. We'll see if he joins.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's a tough gig, maybe. Yeah, better yeah, than yeah. you yeah, yeah. How are you, you doing? Did... <laughs> better than you?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, I got COVID. Nah, so, thanks co-workers. Yes, uh went to a work event, uh, uh traveled to it and uh no one was masking. There's a lot of peer pressure in that. I don't know. Like it's weird. I feel like a company should probably have a policy that says masks are welcome. Um but that wasn't necessarily the case. Yeah. And no one was wearing a mask and I felt really out of place because it was with clients and stuff. And that turned out to be a mistake. So next time I'm just going to, you know, screw image, so
1: yeah, the, uh, I, I have found that I have been one of the few masked people at things the last couple of weeks as I've been at events, and it's interesting. There's a lot of, oh, did you want me to put a mask on too? And I'm like, dude, you do you. I, I think it's safer this way. I don't mind wearing it, and yes, I got COVID. I used to, I wore a mask about the same amount, interacted with people about the same amount. I'm still keen on not doing that again. So, yep, stre- it's, stretching uh, out as long as I stress. can, at least.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sucks, and I actually on the way home, I actually which i didn't even know they were still doing this, but Washington apparently is still doing the uh exposure notifications, so I actually on Saturday, I got a notification from Washington state that apparently I had been on a plane or you know been near someone long enough um that had tested positive in this uh, in the state of washington
1: so i didn't I didn't realize it was still happening, yeah, I was in Rhode Island last week uh at a loyalty related event and was in the state long enough that my phone prompted me if i wanted to be notified so there's yeah. that
0: yeah i mean i i usually just leave it on washington and if i travel to california i'll switch to there or anywhere that has um notifications it's nice it's a nice system
1: yeah i i didn't actually take advantage of it um but it's enough you know, it's there i guess i don't
0: know yeah so this i mean this kind of messes up some plans we had um and uh yeah it sucks yeah um uh, but let's let's just jump in. I think Foz might be joining us in a minute. Let's talk about the uh AA flagship suite. First class is dead. Long live first class.
1: Uh maybe. That's <laughs> gonna be an interesting bit. So flagship first is dead, right? We we actually talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, sort of in the context of what's gonna happen with the uh what were they? The A three twenty one T's, the transcon planes, and how those are mm-hmm. gonna be reconfigured. Um as part of this news, American came out with uh the new 787 9s and new A321 XLRs, okay. as well as the existing 777 300ERs, the 77W, um, will all have this new flagship first suite. Uh, excuse me, flagship suite, not flagship first. And so it's, uh, and, there are, and they're going to get uh, more premium economy seats. They chose two different products one for the narrow body and one for the wide body, hmm. uh, both for premium economy and for. For, uh, business class so that's that's, that's kind of weird yeah right i mean it's very similar in the herringbone one's herringbone one reverse herringbone so you know head in the aisle or not um and yeah it's weird that they did two vendors hmm. I, I guess it's because you know getting it to fit on the narrow body is harder or a different approach and the vendor that they picked for the wide bodies can't really do it but mm-hmm. um so there's that the other thing that everybody is sort of uh, a Twitter about, if you will, is, will the first row be different?
0: Like yeah. a bigger bulkhead seat?
1: Yeah, well, so the, because it's that sort of angled approach, the front <laughs> row has more space. So like a la JetBlue, where they have... The, the JetBlue uh, Mitch the Studio, yeah. yeah. Um, there's that one, there's a few... I mean, even without the angle, right, we had... Uh, our Air New Zealand's doing it with the angle, I think, are they angled? Uh, Virgin Atlantic's doing it without the angled, there's a bunch of airlines that are sort of going down this path and whether they sell it for in a special way or not is really the question. Um, In this case, American, we don't know. There's a lot of people sort of looking at the renderings and saying the wood grain looks different or the seat doesn't look like it has the screen in the same place. And so that's a giveaway that it's definitely going to be different. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if they do, it's not going to be flagship first.
0: Yeah. So, is is this going to be a staged process, or are they just kind of as they take these planes out for their checks, they're just going to replace the seats?
1: I'm not sure what the timing plan is on the 777-300ER retrofits. Obviously, the other ones are being delivered new, so that's yep. easy enough to do. Um, yep. The other interesting thing is the XLRs are going to have 20 uh, business class beds on them. Hmm. So not the 16 that you know single aisle transatlantic planes have been known for uh also not the 24 that JetBlue did for its uh lrs which are flying to london right now uh, on the off chance they actually have enough otherwise it's you know the other planes <laughs> um oopsie but yeah it's an interesting situation with that with 20s interesting number of seats it gets to the same number of business class seats that exist today on the transcon planes mm-hmm. um and the existing a321ts are going to get retrofit to back to the match the existing fleet so the oasis sort of layout uh, sort of just regular domestic planes Hmm. Um, i i'm most disappointed that the xlr's might look like they're gonna get stuck doing transcon rounds i hope american comes up with something more flexible than just transcons for those planes because they could do so much more yeah
2: but you don't think they would fly them out of philly or jfk to a bunch of second and third tier markets
1: I hope they do, but the way this announcement came out, it sure makes it sound like they're going to be flying transcons, to, at, at least also flying transcons. they got more of these than they are uh, the Ts right now. I think there's like the 16 Ts in the fleet, and I forget how many, but I know they ordered more than 16 XLRs, but it's still, I don't know. So,
2: so
0: what exactly? Uh, go ahead, Foss, sorry. I
2: was going to say, I mean, they could also be bulking up the premium service to include Philly now, right? Philly and possibly Charlotte, more in Miami yeah
1: they could try that that'd be i mean why would you so there's two things i'd say there's one is i don't think the market can support it i don't think there's enough people willing to pay a premium and two if you're the only non-stop game in town or close to the only non-stop game in town is it worth putting your very premium planes there rather than trying to send them somewhere further afield where they can generate more money
2: yeah but i mean i guess uh, if you've got the planes and you have nothing to do with them
1: yeah i well, let's hope by the time these start showing up in a couple, this is a 2024 project, so by the time these planes start showing up, let's hope the transatlantic market is fully recovered and some of the South America stuff is also very happy to accept these planes. Right.
0: What happens What
1: happens to the T's, though?
0: Like, are they getting their first class section removed?
1: Yeah, they're going to just go back to regular domestic config planes.
0: Oh, re- oh, so those go away
1: uh, yeah. as transit, the, the T sub fleet disappears. Huh. What will the employees do?
0: They'll they'll enjoy coach. <laughs> no more <we're> employee class.
1: <laughs> I still i still love I have a friend who's booked more than once has booked five first class awards at the saver rates on American on the same flight <laughs> to take family from New York to LA. I was gonna say that
0: the new with the new business class, the twenty seats, it's just four more seats for you to miss your upgrade on. Hey Yeah. Um Southwest, status pushed. I mean, what is this all
1: about? This is weird. This was a little weird. So a couple weeks ago, they announced uh, what are they? They were doing something. Uh, oh, they did that—the two-day sale for uh, a three-months or two-month uh, companion pass. Right, try to build load factors for the winter. Fine. Uh, this one they announced last week. Basically, everything you uh, passengers had flown that were award flights would those segments would all retroactively count towards elite status and Southwest is one of the few airlines that you can earn your status just based on segments flown without spend uh, or you can earn it on spend. But so that was suddenly, if you had taken a ton of award flights earlier this year, you might already have status. Um, it's like 30, but still, um, they also are doing, if you register through the end of November, you can get, uh, double, you can get credit for additional reward flights towards your status. And on top of that, uh, tier points are now doubled for revenue tickets through uh the end of november as well also with registration so it's they are clearly trying to grab more elites uh and it makes me wonder a lot of things but essentially has I, right traffic has recovered that their revenue is up same as everybody else's they're reporting great numbers in terms of load factors so why do they need to do this Is it, it, mm-hmm. it would suggest that they don't have the same number of elites or type of elites flying with them, and, Makes me start to wonder, like, has the, okay, they've got a nonstop flight and it's vaguely in the realm of affordable, I'm taking it, replaced loyalty.
0: It's weird to me because, I mean, they're not hurting, right? Like, people have been, people have been flying. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I I just, maybe there's more to it that we just don't understand. Like, they are seeing a real drop-off in business
1: travel. They're getting a little worried. I don't know. I mean, the uh, business travel is a real good question, right? Yeah, we, we everything we've heard so far has been leisure travel fully recovered, if not more. Uh, business travel, small business is back to an extent. Uh, there's still corporate travel, big corporate, managed corporate accounts is definitely not fully recovered yet. And it's fits and starts. It sort of keeps coming back and then faltering. And part of that is, in a lot of cases, that was either traveling consultancies where you have to have sort of someone in the other office to go visit them to do the work at, the, at your customer's office, or... Uh, going between offices of the same company as the employees uh, rather than sort of the conference travel. Conference travel is definitely back. I've right? so, you know, seen plenty of that. But if in a lot of cases, some of the bigger offices are people aren't fully back or aren't back full time, you know, it's only a couple days a week. I think that's skewing that travel demand significantly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I'd be interested to hear from uh, Southwest Flyers that are maybe taking advantage of this. I every mean, instance you it
1: raises the question, right? Will United match? That's why this isn't flyer talk.
2: Uh. <laughs> no, like, does Southwest see something that the others are trying to ignore? Yeah. Right? Okay. There's clearly economic headwind in the broader sense, right? Not just airline. On the horizon, if you watch the market at all, it's kind of depressing. And then has to catch up with everything else soon enough.
1: It's especially depressing if you're in the United Kingdom.
2: Oh, well, yes. Yeah, so, you know, where the pound to the dollar was
1: almost equal. At the end of 103, I'm super excited to be there in a couple of weeks. I can afford it. I don't know. I was looking at hotels. They're still $400 a night. Well, yeah, but they're not 550 anymore, so I can almost afford it. <laughs> I,
0: that, that's what, I mean, that's, let's talk about that a little bit, right, as part of this, because is this travel, you know, are we seeing it's like a one-and-done type thing where people are traveling, they've done their three trips for the year, and now the early, Southwest in particular is saying, we're not seeing any bookings from these same people for the next six months. And are people that usually book, you know, weekly travel or bi-weekly travel aren't doing it and maybe they're just like hey we want you to keep your status um that could be definitely be part of it
1: yeah i mean obviously right we've had two years of you get to keep your status don't worry about it extending that you know a a full you get to keep it don't worry about it again seems like a bad or a a challenged idea at least with you know two months three months left to go in the year three uh we're not not get ahead of myself here uh but you know i jet blue emailed me asking me to buy up all right, so they're already selling again, obviously, they want that ancillary revenue. It's a slightly different approach, but you know there, there's a lot going on in terms of airlines trying to get people to convince people that elite status still matters without giving it away necessarily and Southwest is maybe sort of giving bits of it away more than not, but at least the some of it they're certainly requiring at least more travel to get at it so yeah. I don't know it it is interesting though i I feel like there's a there's definitely a shift in what elite status is and represents and who's getting it still yeah right. like i know you guys both are still sort of going for 1k um this year we're trying to um so there there's there's certainly still some push for elite status and you know in the corporate travel world but that travel world has changed so much the sort of who's doing it and who's getting status has definitely shifted i don't know what status actually gets you anymore right yeah i've been saying that for a couple of years but yeah i agree
2: I
0: mean, you get you get on the plane kind of first on United. Kind of, <laughs> I, sh- I should just be an active duty vet or something. Uh, active duty military. <laughs> that sounds uh, like a long way to go just to get on the plane <laughs> first. I'm joking, Foss. Um Or have have children under two. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, Regent Regent took flight. There.
1: Uh, this is a, this is the flying boats. Uh, it's a was it. W-I-G, wing and ground effect or something like that. And so the idea here is, there's a couple things going on. They're designed to connect coastal cities. Uh, They fly like 100 feet over the waves or something like that. They do some nifty things like propellers in front of the wings so that the air traveling across the wing surface is always moving at the same speed, Hmm. which is the propeller speed, so they can sort of guarantee the smooth flow of air to get the lift effect that they're looking for. Uh, They say it's sort of infinitely safe because you're never more than a hundred feet off the ground obviously you know infinitely yeah. safe it's just yeah it's yeah, just... just... yeah, <laughs> a little drop uh, a lot of potential for things to go funky there um uh, you, see, you have less concern if you run out of electricity i suppose uh with yeah. those than the heart planes that we were talking about last week um but yeah they are and they keep touting the fact that they've got seven billion dollars in orders which may or may not really be true uh they've I actually pressed them a little bit on this, and they say they've got about 400 aircraft committed uh, from different companies. Hawaiian Airlines is a big name uh, that's committed there. They've sold some to ferry operators because they're <laughs> ships. They operate under, like, shipping and ne- uh, naval or whatever. Maritime maritime. 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 That's the war. Thank you. Uh, so different pilot training rules, uh, which is to say they're not, they have captains, not pilots, or ship captains, whatever. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Uh, in terms of what's going on, but their uh, smaller model plane took flight last week. Yeah, got off the water. Cool. Yeah. yeah, so this right, got, got off the water. Yes, Brilliant. all the words are wrong. Sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: there's video out there of this happening, though. Yeah, they put out some promotional stuff. I you know, the 19 the seater is interesting. They've got plans for a 100 seater, and that's where things get super super cool. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, do you think we could see these like in Florida? Or coastal cities like that? Or is this going to be really maybe the Maldives for the 19th seater?
1: So Maldives is a play. Uh, Inter-Island in Hawaii is a play. Uh, ferry terminals in Europe. There's a couple big ferry operators in Europe that have put in orders. Hmm. Um, New Zealand, I think, had maybe a taker. Uh, they, they've they talked about Boston to New York. Um, obviously, to do that, you sort of got to go out and around the Cape, so it's less convenient. But... Uh, Certainly alternate options for the Boston to New York and New York to D.C. markets have been uh, explored greatly. Thank you, uh, (laughs) Tradewind. Uh, Tailwind, sorry, Tailwind. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of options out there. But, and yes, the Florida, right? Jacksonville to Miami could work. I suppose Tampa to uh, Key West is a market that has off and on had little prop planes flying for years, so another potential there.
0: Yeah, I could also see just like all the islands in the Caribbean and stuff, that would be that would make sense to me.
1: Yeah, I, I, everything in the Caribbean that is sort of next generation flight is every, everything next generation flight is interesting to me vis-a-vis the Caribbean. Yeah, that makes sense, right? EV tall, electric, but regular takeoffs, all of that stuff. These guys, anything that can make those trips better and easier uh, than the basically the eight to nineteen seats uh, market or four to nineteen seat market is going to have good potential for success.
0: Definitely, definitely um shaman airlines thanks to uh stefan for telling me how to pronounce that word uh they are no longer gonna be
1: a boeing house They're, yeah no longer probably all boeing ah <laughs> uh just like alaska that's now um they ordered 48 320 neos or 320 family so i don't yeah, know what it is uh but yeah, they were about 160 seat. Uh, excuse me, 160 plane, single aisle mostly. There's some. Set, they had some Dreamliners too, or have some Dreamliners. They had 10 Max in delivered before the grounding in China, uh, and had I think another 20 on order. But this seems to be a indication that as an airline, they also do not expect those planes to come back anytime soon mm-hmm. into service in China. So, uh, and even if they do, they'll have these. Uh, they've got an Airbus fleet now as well. So they'll
0: take uh, forty A three twenty neos and use them. I'm guessing domestically and then to some
1: of the local uh, destinations yeah. outside of China, yeah. regional regional area of China. stuff. No. yeah, yeah. Um, Next yeah it, you know, obviously, Airbus is super happy to get another airline that was previously all Boeing into its you know roster. Uh, geopolitics man sucks.
0: Yeah, but how does this work then? Because uh, they, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like, how do they? <clears throat> trying to think how to word this it seems it seems like a weird choice right because airbus is already
1: having trouble delivering the, the in terms of like delivery timing yeah yeah so part of this is it's still a couple years out which gives airbus a chance to catch up uh part of it is presumably taking advantage of airbus having the delivery line in tianjin mm-hmm. and i don't remember if it's a full-on i think it's a full-on foul right it's a full-on assembly line so uh Presumably, that one can scale up a little better than, uh, or has more room to grow more quickly than Hamburg or Toulouse or even Alabama. Uh, and also, Airbus is getting real aggressive about saying they're going to hit rate seventy-five, so seventy-five planes a month over the next couple of years. So that would line up with when these planes are supposed to start showing up.
2: There's an old saying in sales: don't confuse sales with implementation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, Here we can do that yeah we can do anything anything's possible with time
1: and money um no, no 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 you don't get those you just have to do it anyways
0: yes yes uh three eighty auction we talked about this in episode 374 and now it's uh really gonna happen
1: yeah uh airbus is doing a fundraiser of some sort uh they took one of their old a380s and sort of parted it out and are like 500 ish different things that they're selling so uh mid-october is when it's actually finally happening i was like it made the round. They put out another release last week. and It made the rounds so, again. I was like, "This, I swear, this sounds familiar." And went back and found the references from the beginning of this year. So nice. it is, it is familiar because they've announced it once before or twice before. But it's happening. We shall see. Yeah, buy a fan blade.
0: Yeah, I'll take a fan blade. What about like
1: Stinson. a
0: what about a cowling?
1: Also an option. They, so they, can I, we, make a the, giant table out of that.
2: Yeah, you can just stand by an airport, wait for one to fall off. <laughs> hey, hey,
1: hey! <laughs> these aren't proud Whitneys, okay? You know. <laughs> um
0: whatever ba and qr and cutter are announcing that's what you put in the show notes so i thought i'd quote that here because i think you're still i still don't know yeah i think you're i don't know know know.
1: yeah um i put that in the notes because last week they were supposed like they started teasing that they were going to have an announcement with stupid twitter and instagram like posts at each other and then on monday they finally did announce or they issued a press release saying that we're expanding our partnership And I've read it several times now, and I can't tell what it really means. Is it just code shares? Is it like a joint venture? Is it coordinated pricing and scheduling? None of it makes sense to me. So there's something going on there. They they added 42 more countries to their partnership, whatever that partnership may be.
2: Well, maybe they're on the same uh, path as United and Emirates to figure
1: out their partnership. I would assume this is, uh, yeah, yeah, that's The same. (laughs) These guys at least are using the same loyalty program, so they've got that's a step ahead there. But yeah, this is it's just a weird announcement. I don't understand what they were getting at, but and the pictures they have of like their flight attendants smiling at each other is kind of nauseating. But are are
2: we that desperate for any sort of press that they'll have to announce things? Yes, this is
0: the world we're in now. Yep, yes, okay, like because like you and like night is teasing thing with Emirates,
1: yeah, right? You announce it for well, I mean, we've made this joke before on the show, but when you talk about airline orders. First, you announce the memorandum of understanding, then the letter of intent, then the actual order, then when deliveries start, or then an engine selection, and then interior selection if you're feeling plucky, and then maybe eventually when deliveries start. You get so many news cycles talking about, you know, how cool you are as an airline and the new things you're doing and whatever else. It's uh, it's easy. And all you got to do is just write and basically copy and paste the same press release.
0: And it, and it keeps those stories about air, airplane violence down, on the down low.
1: Yeah, hey, that's and just that one guy who couldn't use the bathroom up front that decked a flight attendant
0: is is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, uh, could have killed him. Could have killed him. The the shot was uh, pretty nasty. Anyway, um, country's opening up. So I I think I talked to you guys a little bit about uh, Japan. They're going to open up in October. No testing. No group travel required. October 11th it is open. Kind of kind of cool. Exciting. Yeah. Looking forward was- to getting back. I know, me too. I'm uh, I'm I think it's gonna be on my list of first places to visit. <laughs> so I, I guess the one question is does this finally mean that all the
2: suspended Haneda flights actually get uh instated. I think it, the airlines are trying
1: to figure out how they're actually gonna do it. They don't they have the planes. Yeah. American or someone else? United 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 has the planes. United. They'd have to pull them off other routes, I think. Yeah. No, they're just gonna delay other flights, don't worry about it. Okay. I mean, listen, just they they actually think United will be okay. Uh, fleet wise, they had they have do have a few more seventy seven still coming, um, and were they were they still was United still operating some of the cargo only? Yes, well, it's, so I think some of those may come down as the real demand, you know, passenger demand picks up.
2: And some of the flights, I mean, they are they're running Stilton to Rita that were supposed to switch altogether? Yeah, I
1: will say it's interesting. There, United, uh, the the DOT had given. The U.S. carriers sort of permission to not fly routes that they hold slots for or route authorities for, because typically if you don't fly them for 90 days, you lose them. Um, over the past few years, there's, uh, that rule has been suspended for obvious reasons. Uh, and recently, the DOT is sort of scaling back on the exemptions, basically saying if the market's open, you got to fly there. So yeah. Cuba is a good example. Cuba has reopened. The DOT said as of October 31st, you got to fly to Cuba. And United, actually, American and JetBlue were keen to get at it, Um, were fighting over getting some additional route authorities. Uh, uh, American applied for double daily, JetBlue applied for a single weekly frequency, and there were only 14 available, so they, like, got pissy with each other about it. Uh, Eventually, American agreed that they'd settle for 13 rather than 14 and just move on, and that's what was issued. But United, in the midst of all that, requested an additional waiver for another 30 days. So they could have till the end of November to start because they said they were having trouble getting uh, ground handling secured in mm-hmm. Cuba. And what's super interesting about that to me is they are now going to fly out of Terminal 3, which is the ter- the regular international terminal. Historically, all the U.S. flights were out of Terminal 2, which was a dedicated building only for the U.S. flights. Interesting. So That's moving on. to in Cuba? Apparently, I don't know if that terminal is fully closed or what. But apparently, and I haven't seen heard from American or JetBlue or what they're doing. Uh, but apparently, yeah, that seems to be that uh, the U.S. airlines are flying out of the real terminal now, which is arguably a massive improvement. It's you know, <laughs> it's you're grading on a curve for everything in Cuba. But uh, the old one, as I understand it, was basically a warehouse, and this now has like seats and stuff. so.
0: So now for your for your educational trip to Cuba, you get a, a real terminal.
1: Yeah, duty free store with a thousand bottles of the same rum.
0: Yes. Um, the other interesting reopening, I guess, is Hong Kong is dropping hotel quarantines on October twenty sixth, uh, but still requires it, PCR tests. I thought it was was it October or September? Oh, you're right. It's September twenty sixth. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and then, uh, but you still still do a PCR test entering and some other.
1: <clears throat> yeah. There's still like monitoring, I think afterwards, yep. but getting better. Hong Kong still, I mean, I don't know. I think Hong Kong, there's still a lot of risk there just in terms of what happens if you test positive in China. Yeah. Yep. Also like what's left of Hong Kong. That was cool. And I hate to say that, but it's definitely not the place it was three years ago.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's remains to be seen how, how hong kong comes out of all this and how cafe for that matter comes out of all this so we will see and then the last one is canada they're dropping all mask and test requirements so they were still doing random testing uh when you entered canada um and masks were required i think on all flights on air canada or canadian airlines right um, yeah and so those are all that's all going away as i as i speak to you with COVID, so take that with a grain of salt <laughs> Interesting stuff. Um, Foz, you put a note in here. You want to talk about Air New Zealand and uh, JFK Auckland and, uh, and the flight that couldn't? Yeah, yeah, it seems like they might be stretching their limits a little
2: bit. This, having... is, this is diverted, right? It's diverted. The third flight ever diverted.
1: Is um, this the one that was said they were going to divert to v- Fiji? Yep. So I think it actually, they filed to divert and ended up not having to. Oh, okay. When I pulled it up on a flight where there was one that, oh, okay. that was diverted. Okay, that maybe it did. There was some. There was something last week. I think there was a a brouhaha about it that like they filed to divert. There was one where they had to offload a bunch of bags. They did the all growth. They didn't like they offload yeah. sixty bags.
2: Yeah, and they're blocking anywhere from like twenty to forty seats on a flight,
1: and are now talking about blocking several dozen more. Yeah, um,
2: and so this is all because it wins. Basically, that's, that's what they claim. Uh, but I mean, the in, when you pull it out, the flight times vary. The shortest is sixteen fifty three. The longest being eighteen oh five.
1: So yeah, it's an extra hour of flight time is a lot. But um, yeah, that is challenging. It is real interesting to see. I wonder how much of that is sort of based on historical winds data and with, you know, variations in recent changes in climate situation, global warming, whatever you want to call it, is giving us a problem where the winds are much stronger one direction than they used to be.
0: Yeah, but what's weird to me, I mean, is is it is it that they have that, Few or that many seats on the plane? They oh. do have. They do have a denser configuration.
1: Yeah. So that, and that is supposed to eventually change with the new layout, right?
0: Because they they I was going to say like Singapore can do that flight. Not on a 789. True. Not on a 789.
1: Yeah, 357 And I mean, even the triple seven two hundred ER had has slightly higher range than the seven eight seven nine. So yeah, stuff you know. Yeah, out of the box. The, they're denser.
2: Uh, they've got one config with 18 business, 263 economy, and 21 premium economy, or the other is 27 with in business, 215 economy, and 33. That's still a heavy config.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that is. So blocking 80 of those seats in the back, basically everybody gets an empty middle, but some people get their own row, but you're still... You still may the up in Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess done. your options like
0: looking at the the flight plans right a lot of these they go they've been going really far south i guess or what i would consider south like over mexico um is i guess fiji is an option uh bora bora yeah hawaii i guess if you get really desperate halfway there
2: i mean hawaii is, if you look they go fairly south of hawaii yeah yeah it's crazy right. it's hawaii's cool. not, yeah hawaii's not really an option yeah but i mean the great circle path
1: i'm pretty sure they're pretty close to it
0: yeah yeah it kind of looks like they are <clears throat> maybe, maybe, down as they're south of the equator, they're kind of veering a little bit to try and beat some of the winds, because yeah. it sounds like that's where the winds are,
1: yeah, I mean the the gray circle map would take you basically through Texas and then off the southern tip of Baja, California, yeah so imagine they're doing their best to stick as close to it as they can, and then winds you know doing what they have to do.
0: yeah, I also love that it like the flight goes up over like Indianapolis, Cleveland, up over northern Pennsylvania, and then back down. I love that
1: <laughs> on the arrival. Yeah, yeah, into JFK. Hey, listen, that's so, how uh, You're coming into JFK. You're gonna come on our pathways. Thank you.
0: That's that's where you that's where you come in. Yeah, yeah, Oh, man. What were you gonna say, Father? I, I think I interrupted you. No,
2: I, well, I, what was gonna say? Oh, like on the inaugural, you like you offload your bags. So,
1: now when do you get your bags? What are they I two days trying, later? I was trying to do the math on this. The best I could come up with was about 28 hours later, after you landed, and well, the flights like, only every other day. Yeah. So, what do they do? Push it on someone else, or yeah. If they wanted to, if they wanted to get there twenty eight hours later, uh it goes actually united to LA or someone to LA and then Fiji actually via Fiji was faster all the way to Auckland versus uh getting on the Air New Zealand nonstop from LA because the Fiji flight left earlier in the day. Huh. And so you could get like if you got right, part of the challenge there is that this flight leaves J F K so late that it's basically the last flight out. Hmm. Right. Right. So you can't you've got basically if the bags don't make it, you've got six or eight hours until the next flight leaves. And then instead of being an 18 hour routing, it's a 28 hour routing, 26 hour routing. So, you know, there's and that's best case scenario. So it takes a lot longer for them bags to eventually show up. And it's uh, what I would say. I found like sort of American or United or someone to L.A. And then L.A. onward was typically the fastest to get them. Hmm. But you got to wait a long time. You know, looking at one of the flights, uh, from this past Monday
2: was nine thousand forty-one actual miles. Wow! Wow! It's a lot of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's crazy. Um. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I feel like there's another story that I, I had a brain fart on. Blame COVID.
1: There's always another story we screw up and miss. So you know.
0: <clears throat> Probably. What do you guys think about, um, United and some of the. The newer
1: Dubai stuff. Do you think that's going to take two planes, right? More. It's more than twelve hours. Well, get, yeah, it's probably close to one and a half, actually. Okay, but they're,
0: they're not, not doing t- it
1: daily, are they? Yes, they are. Okay, because that's that. like an interesting utilization to me,
0: right? If they can't fill it, or will it just not last? You think they'll go? They'll go three times weekly. I I think they got to keep it daily to make to make it make sense. Yeah, because I, I I just struggle to see how they're going to fill that up. On a, on a daily basis, even with connection. I just, I, I struggle. Really struggle. I mean, there's, like a new no, over. there's enough
2: traffic going in that part of the world. If they can market it properly, they could fill it. True.
0: From You think from the New York area there's enough?
2: Do you know how many brown people live here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Like the Delhi and B- 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 Bombay fights don't, like, they're, they're always full, right? There's always demand for more. I, I was actually, I actually had an interesting text conversation with you, Seth, about, let's talk about Delhi and Bombay. There we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here's a, here's a topic. I, I potentially have to go to India. I probably will have to go to India a couple of times. And uh, I have to go to Bangalore. And uh, there's nothing really good from the United States, right? Like the options are Delhi or Bombay or connect through Europe. Or, and Or connect in the Middle East. Or connect to the Middle East. And the options connecting via Delhi or Bombay require you to spend the night there. It's, yes. just, it's like an eight-hour connection, and that sucks.
1: Especially because waking up for that 6 a.m. flight the next morning is disgusting. The uh, Yeah, it, it is terrible. I agree. Just so you guys know, the current scheduled timing is an arrival at 7.40 p.m. and then a departure at 2.15 a.m. for United in and out of Dubai. So the plane sits on the ground there for six and a half hours. Wow. But that's time to—I'm sure it's time for Emirates Connection. Banks right, that two fifteen bank is a brutal time, but that is a popular bank in the Middle East, and it lands at Newark at nine o five a.m. So you catch the sort of eleven to noon departure block out of Newark.
0: Yeah, I think I mean I th- I like the seven p.m. arrival. That makes sense because you can connect to plenty of stuff on
1: Emirates yes.
0: with that. Um, that's yeah, that's interesting.
1: Dude, but I yeah, I just... it's, it's like coming out of Delhi. Or yeah, exactly. exactly. Now, yeah, yeah. Th- those marks have always been terrible, and that's sort of why. Air India and United and American have all wanted to run this Bangalore flights, right? They all see demand for people. People have demand for not connecting terribly. Um, at least you on the West Coast, I want to say well, historically, uh, I thought ANA or Jam had a Bangalore flight. Yep. Um, when I went there, uh, no, we went to Ahmedabad, so we actually didn't have that option even. But uh, yeah, there, there's not a ton of lift into Bangalore from uh, either. Eastern, you know, Northeast Asia or from Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Frankfurt, I think. Um, Like a couple flights maybe a day, but nothing like the long, it's just, there's not a lot of options there. And so that's why the Middle East 3 and some of the other markets, airlines are making bank running those routes.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because like going West is actually a little bit easier. So going on JAL is actually an option that's timed pretty well. Uh, Singapore is actually timed pretty well as well. Um, they fly like multiple flights a day to Bangalore from Singapore. Um, so I don't know. It might be, it might be an option for me. And then there's, there's, you know, the Seattle to Doha, Doha to uh, Bangalore, which I didn't realize that was only like a four hour flight, but it's, it's short.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Which is good and bad news. It makes for like, it's not quite pretty enough. You don't get the good sleep because a lot of those still are the terrible departure times to connect to the onward banks. Yeah. They so still have that like three in the morning Middle Eastern connection world. So you're just kind of in a daze. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hoping you wake up. Yes, <laughs> sir. You got to get off the plane now. Okay, okay. I'm <laughs> <On> moving. <laughs> um,
0: so I think. I mean, I think that's a show. We're going to talk about a couple of uh, bonus topics in the uh, after show. Uh, Delta subpoenaed for the AAB uh, JetBlue trial and uh, AA's phantom noises on the PA. Um, we're going to talk about both of those if you're a Patreon subscriber. We have some new Patreon subscribers, Liam G., Joshua L., Robert D., Jacob B., uh, Indy, uh, and Andrew K. Uh, Thanks for supporting the show. And uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com or our website and do it there. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Happy travels. Bye-bye. Take care. Catch you later.